Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm from the Golden State, California. Now I'm living here in beautiful Beijing, City of Museums. Today with me is Bebe. Yes. Hi. Hi, Jason. Hello, dear listeners. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. I was in Beihai Park recently. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they have the, the evergreens there. Mm. So you have evergreens, you have the blue of the sky, you have orange and yellow on the ground and on the trees. It's, it's like walking through a rainbow. And reflected mm. uh, on the surface of the water. Yeah. Were you making like a video or something there? Well, I was doing research for a book uh, about Taoism, looking for Taoist temples. Oh. Little did I know that like all of the 30 temples or so that are in Beihai Park are 100% Buddhist temples. <laughs> <laughs> Did your wife trick you to go there? <laughs> she originally is the one who said, let's go to Beihai Park. It's beautiful right now. And I was like, right. oh, great. Let me bring my camera. I can get some pictures for my book. Uh -huh. And then it was like she was in heaven because she's a Buddhist. <laughs> so she was like, yay, Buddhist temple. And then we were, let's go check out this temple. Maybe it's not a Buddhist temple. It's like, yay, another Buddhist temple. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you could also be in heaven, yeah, yeah. right? Doesn't mean you right. can. But anyhow, beautiful. so what are we talking about today for the bridge? The Great Reimagination. According to a recent poll by Good House housekeeping, 36% of folks are saving more. 44% mm. made dietary changes, including me. 61% said they spent more time with their families. Of course, they had to. 25% <laughs> said their friendships grew stronger. And 21% said their friends grew apart mm. during the pandemic. Individual people often take a little time to reflect on their lives. Did hundreds of millions of folks just collectively reflect on and make changes to their lives? What does this mean for you and me? What does it mean for us as a society? Society. Okay, so we're talking about the impact of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Are you like reviewing things now? Well, you know, do you feel like we're at the end of it? So we're looking back? I mean, I haven't felt that way for mm -hmm. years, honestly. There were a couple times where I was like in my house for a few days or something mm -hmm. since like 2020, the beginning. Right. But basically, my only real lockdown time was about two or three months or mm -hmm. so. And in that time, I did make so many changes to my life that my life has been <laughs> set on a different trajectory altogether. Oh, so it did have an impact. Impact on you. When I read this article, Good Housekeeping's mm -hmm. The Great Reimagination, I was like, this is me. Wow, Jason, you read Good Housekeeping? <laughs> That's a magazine, right? It is, but I've, I read it online. I read it online. I don't, ha I don't get oh, a, have okay, a subscription okay, okay. to Good Housekeeping. Okay, okay, all right. I'm <laughs> trying to save yourself there. I, I actually haven't felt anything different. Well, it's not any different, but I guess mm. maybe I didn't feel it so much because mm -hmm. it suited me. You know, we didn't travel as much, mm -hmm. which is just perfect. Perfect for me. I don't like to go anywhere. Anyways. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. And not my thing. He knows. He is not my thing. Go to the um. desert. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Before the pandemic, how often would you and your husband, your daughter, travel? Right. How long? Well, how often? Um, we would go back to his parents' house at least once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. Probably like twice, mm -hmm. either by the uh, high speed rail yeah. or we would drive. Mm -hmm. And then at least once a year, we meet up with my parents. Mm -hmm. Let's say we pick somewhere. Usually 
uh, outside the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, you know, a vacation time, but family gathering. So that's what, like three major trips per year. Mm-hmm. Um, but also at that time, my daughter wasn't in school yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in kindergarten, you can take time out. That sounds not not too dissimilar to my own travel habits. Right. Maybe once once outside the country per year, mm, right. two or three trips inside the country each year. Right. That's about as much as I can handle. Um, but in the past two years or so, we would go back to his parents' house maybe once mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. So we still go, but it's just mm-hmm. less frequent because now my daughter is in school. So it's uh, a bit more, mm. less freedom, less flexibility. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, mm-hmm. we go out less to eat. Um, so as you mentioned, dietary changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been cooking at home uh, most of the time, mm-hmm. which gets a little bit boring, I have mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm like eating the same dishes day after day. <laughs> um, I've not been shopping much. Mm. Maybe that's an, like you know, I'm older. I don't need a lot of unnecessary mm. stuff. Otherwise, I don't feel like it's that different. I mean, it's it's better for me because I get more time to mm-hmm. do my own things. Mm. Yeah. But one thing mm. that changed for me that was a big one is we were locked down next to a huge park. Nice. That So we were locked down with the park kind of oh. and they were like okay there's they put huge steel barricades up around you know for i don't know this huge gigantic park and my community mm. because we were kind of like like you really on the far edge of beijing mm. and so they were like okay you can go to the park just wear your mask at first and then it was like you can go to the park later and you don't have to wear your mask mm. so i started going like on a daily walk every day for nice. an hour or two just to get and, away from your wife or <laughs> no, sometimes she would come too okay <laughs> <laughs> but but it was really just like oh I need to stay active and you know mm. since I'm not walking around town doing stuff I should probably just walk around this park and it's a it was a pretty big park mm. so I, I I mean I didn't lose that much weight or anything but I did feel better mm. like you know my blood pressure probably went down nice. I wasn't tracking it but I did feel better I felt like I was getting out I felt happy to see the leaves and, and sunshine and, and sunshine and so, yeah. yeah maybe the first two weeks we were literally in our apartment and then they were like okay you can walk around in the community and our community just happened to include this gigantic lucky park. you yeah. yeah, that's nice. Um, I remember when pandemic first broke out, we were actually, uh, it was New Year's time, right? Mm. A Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. So we were back visiting my my husband's mm. parents and we were supposed to have this huge banquet, mm. like with relatives from in the town, from the villages. It was going to be a pretty big deal for the New Year's. And then we had to cancel like the day before or the day, mm-hmm. like the morning mm-hmm. uh, of the banquet. It was a it was a huge decision. And then we stayed home for like in uh, my daughter's aunt's place for mm-hmm. a bit, but mostly because we didn't know what was going on. So the people like ourselves were terrified. I don't think there were restrictions <laughs> at that time. But mm-hmm. people were still watching the news, trying to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. So that was um, that was it for a few weeks or so. Mm-hmm. But I was calm. I was like, oh, finally, I don't have to go out. I can just <laughs> no more excuses. Exactly. I don't find I don't need to find excuses not to go out uh-huh. because I have so much to do. You know me. Yes, exactly. I wonder if any of our fans are like you. I'm actually really curious how many babies are out there. If you guys at home listening can relate to babies <laughs> like I didn't have to make excuses not to go out. Please email us at we love the bridge at gmail.com and let us know but i think my um good times about not having to find excuses is probably going to run out mm-hmm. because new policies are coming out you know about that right yeah 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 uh, like literally in the past few days because new policies it happened to me actually yeah well tell us about well, it well we were just talking about going to Beihai park and i went to Beihai park and turns out they called my wife you know and they were like hey there was covid somewhere in the park somewhere in the park it's huge yes someone yeah someone some at some 
sometime in the park had co- like brought COVID like, in. Jason, did yeah. you kiss anybody besides your wife in the park? <laughs> the park is so big. It could uh, probably it's probably bigger than my mom's hometown where she's living right now, actually. Right. Yeah. So it, it is a colossal park. So we do not have to quarantine. Mm. A few days ago, we would have had to. Suddenly they're like, no, you don't have to quarantine. Get a COVID test every day for three days mm-hmm. and then you're good to go. And I was like, really? <laughs> OK, great. <laughs> That's Really? <laughs> Wait, have you been following the news? Because there tell is, us about um, tell there's us been about. a lot of talk. Like we have these WeChat groups, right? Like my book club and people have mm-hmm. been discussing. Mm-hmm. And so we feel like it's been three years and starting we're starting to see new policies. Mm-hmm. And here in one of these articles I found online, because I was trying to find English, like articles in mm-hmm. English on this website, it's called that's mags.com mm-hmm. it had an article called eight things you need to know about china's new COVID rules so, mm-hmm. um i'm gonna talk about the ones that are maybe our listeners will be interested mm-hmm. if anyone has been thinking about traveling to china from abroad mm-hmm. here are a few things okay so reduced quarantine time those who arrive on the chinese mainland from elsewhere will now only have to undergo five days of centralized quarantine um, as well as three days of home quarantine so basically five plus even though it says that that's not what happened to a friend of the show uh we talked to a couple weeks ago hmm. his name his name is dj fonto or his fonto hmm. and he said he had at that time it wasn't five plus three it was seven plus three hmm. but after the seven they were just like no you don't actually have to stay in your apartment even then they were like the three just means get a covid test all three days ah, okay. so five plus three probably just means five days central quarantine three days of getting covid tests but you can still go out centralized maybe you are like up in a hotel or something something like that okay. yeah exactly he stayed he stayed in a so p- pretty arrivals hotel, yeah. will undergo one test per day on each of the five days in centralized quarantine as well as two tests during the three-day home quarantine mm. um so and then no more COVID flight bans mm-hmm. that's huge mm-hmm. that's huge right so the civil aviation administration of china will no longer ban international flights between the chinese mainland and elsewhere mm. <gasps> On the basis of how many passengers test positive for COVID nineteen on arrival to China, mm. now I can I can see a lot of um, Chinese people shivering <laughs> upon hearing this. <laughs> uh oh! All these folks from abroad are gonna start bringing COVID. Uh. In. <laughs> It's going to be massive. Um, But I think we've had, you know, three years to get ready for this. And we all know that the virus is much weaker now than, you know, when it just came out. And also only one test required before flying to China. Mm. So before boarding your flight to the Chinese mainland from elsewhere, passengers are now only required to present one negative nucleic. Is it how you say it? Nucleic. Nucleic acid test. Yeah. Uh, within 48 hours. Mm. And then there have also been a number of changes to pandemic prevention and control measures within China, like closed contact quarantine, changes regarding that, and no more mid-risk areas, and also less mass testing, like maybe testing the whole city. We need to clarify what that means for people. So when they say no mid-risk, what this means is before it would be high risk, and then it would drop to mid-risk before, after not having any new COVID cases that and would drop to low risk. Right. So now it's going to go from high risk and after, say, hey, five days or so of no new COVID cases, then it'll just drop straight to, low risk. to normal and you can just go out as normal. So instead of three categories, yeah. low, mid, high, we now have low and high. And a few other things. 
It just drops straight too low from high. So they are literally loosening it and up. And the funny thing is, so just days before, people were still, you know, like, oh, I got to go get another test mm. or like, when can we go traveling or things like that? People were still kind of complaining about uh, not having enough flexibility. But now after mm. we sense that there are new policies coming out, people like switch to the other end. They're like, oh, wait, no way. <laughs> Most of the people that I know did not complain. Most of the people that I know were really happy that the government was being very strict and they were really happy that the China was taking initiative to protect its elderly population to protect its uh right. you know people with weak immune systems in other countries I don't want to point out anyone in particular you know millions died <laughs> and so like China if you just extrapolate for the population that would be millions and millions would have potentially mm. not been at very serious risk so most of the Chinese people I know and my a lot of my expat friends as well were really happy happy that the Chinese government followed the science and took the initiative to protect people as opposed to protecting enterprise and business. Right. And, you know, the biggest gain for the Chinese population is that basically I think the Chinese government bought time for its own citizens. So I think the main thing for the past few years is that the Chinese government actually bought time for its own citizens because besides vaccination, the virus gave us the time for the virus to get weaker. So now even if you are infected, let's say you do not have other health uh, problems and you're, you know, you know, like young and healthy, then it won't be much of a big deal for you. But it might not be the same if you got the uh, COVID two years ago. So I think for me, that's something that I really appreciate is that the whole country um, worked together to wait it out in a bit. Um, and also um, vaccination, I don't know the percentage, but they're still uh, working on making sure that especially the elderly are getting the the vaccination they needed. Well, I mean, it's it's not actually that we need 100% compliance. Mm. Anything above 70 or 80% is actually largely herd immunity. Mm -hmm. I'm not actually sure about this idea that it's getting weaker. I think that is a more complex scientific idea. And in fact, it might not be effective in a place that is has been locked down. But definitely vaccines has been a huge deal in China. They were even at some points giving away free food to get vaccinated. Right. Oh, if, you, if you come in, we'll <laughs> give you like 20 dozen eggs exactly. and like all this stuff you come back you bags of rice and it was like like a bottle people of were oil going, yeah exactly <laughs> people were like hey free groceries whatever okay why not for me i actually am not focused as much on the policy changes mm. like i'm really interested in this like the sociological impact of that two or three months period of time mm. that most of the advanced world at least shared in quarantine mm. so like i had spent mm -hmm. seven or eight years at a hsk2 level, which means, you know, my Chinese was Oh, that's awful. for Chinese? Yeah, yeah. Oh. HSK is the Hanyu Shuiping Kaosher. It's the oh. the test for if you know Chinese. And honestly, HSK 1 and 2 are like baby speak, you know, like it's, mm. I want this. Hello. Mm. What's your name? Survival level. I'm from America. Yeah. <laughs> totally not really. I don't speak practical. Chinese. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I don't speak Chinese. I don't speak Chinese, but I know how to say I don't speak Chinese. <laughs> I used a lot of that time mm. every day to study Chinese for about two to three hours. Wow. Wow, hardcore. Yeah, yeah, every day because I was at home. I was just trapped at home mm. and I, you know, was taking calls for work and stuff and walking in the park, but that's it. Mm. So I was like, okay, you know, there's, I can only rewatch Star Wars so many times. <laughs> so I started studying Chinese. And by the time I was unlocked three months late, two or three months later, I was already HSK4. So, wow, seriously? So you do get a test? Uh, I didn't actually take the oh HSK4 test. I took the material. Oh, I took the online like equivalent of the actual test, mm. but I pretty much mastered that 
book. I actually read my two, there are two HSK books that come from Beijing Foreign Language University. Mm -hmm. And I did read through and practiced all this content for both books about three or four times over because that was the highest book I had in the house, right? No, (laughs) I I feel pretty bad for any adult who has to learn Chinese (laughs) like from ground zero because it's so difficult, especially writing and all. So really a good job. There's a meme going around right now where they have a gentleman putting his tie on and he says, your reason for doing something is not my reason for doing something. Mm. And he says, we're not the same. It's a very popular meme right now. And I saw someone use it, a Chinese person on Twitter trying to insinuate that foreigners who don't speak Chinese in China Mm. are not presenting their best selves. He said, Uh, I, you speak mm. English because it's the only language, you know. And then it says, I speak English Mm. because it's the only language, you know, we are not the same. And I I was like, yeah, that's pretty true. If you come to China, you should probably learn Chinese. Well, okay. He was trying hard to say something rude without being really, really rude. (laughs) But anyhow, let's get back to the pandemic. What else? Well, I want to read some statistics to our listeners. So these are all from Good Housekeeping, Mm -hmm. which is a wonderful magazine, by the way. (laughs) Good Housekeeping finances. So 50% of respondents said they spend or save about the same as they did pre-pandemic, but 36% of people are saving more. So that means some people, they were like, okay, well, I guess it's time for, I have enough time to balance my checkbook and determine what the household finances are. So some people started making positive changes to their lives using this time as an opportunity to reflect on the direction their life was going. And also because of the changes in mm. like finance mm. on a national level, you know, especially uh, in the US, right? With inflation the way it is. I think people do have to. They're almost forced to rethink about their finances. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's true too. I, I never, like me, I never thought about my finances. So there's like no rethinking about my finances. You're confusing me, baby, because I thought you worked in finance for two years. And I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but you uh, you don't balance your checkbook? Oh, I guess we Chinese people don't have checkbooks. Checking accounts, do they? They use. Uh, we do, but it's not like we don't really use checks all that yeah, much. And yeah. also, just the sound of it, balancing your checkbook. I mean, doesn't it sound <laughs> gross? Like, just. My mom was at, like one of those people who every time she wrote a check, she would pull out this other little booklet and take her pen out and start like subtracting mm. and doing basic arithmetic. And so she always knew exactly how much she had spent and how much she had left. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they do that in Japan. Like, usually, I think it's the wife who does it they make list of every mm. expenditure mm. and income it's almost like a common thing for them for me i think i'm like half of my hair will fall out if i have to do that every month well my wife so. gives me an allowance oh. and so i know that i don't have many money left for the month <laughs> When my WeChat says you don't have any more money left. <laughs> then you become really nice to your wife. Let's start washing dishes, sweeping the floor. Yeah. Instead of me going out to have a salad around the corner, like on, on, on the sly, I'm like, baby, let's go out and have a salad around the corner. Because then when I get there and I'm like, oh, I don't have any money. She's, she, she's she might hear this. <laughs> she out. might hear this. Uh-oh. Oh, or, yeah. Or next will. time, yeah. like come lunchtime, you'll just start chewing on a like <laughs> Chinese cabbage and your wife like, oh, why? are you doing that jason he was like oh i'm okay i'm okay that's not what she would do she'd be like what's about time you ate some vegetables (laughs) (laughs) okay you're listening to the bridge
I want to paint a picture because I got a lot of these statistics. So sure. 44% of people made a change in their diet. Mm. Okay, I heard a lot of people say, oh, the pandemic 15, which is like a joke because there's the... Fre- what is that? There's a term called the freshman 15. So oh, they were like the pandemic 15, 15 right, which I guess right. means now everyone's 30 pounds overweight. But that is not mm. what happened to most people, actually. 58% started cooking, mm. just like you said, at home more. Right. But 44% right. made a positive change in diet and 40% kicked off with a new workout regimen. Oh, that didn't happen to, for me. No. <laughs> well, you did cook at home. Uh, yes, we eat mostly at home now. Mm. And before we used to, mm. I mean, go out, right? Mm. Not like fancy restaurants, but once in a while, noodles or uh, burgers and things like that. Burger King, pizza. Well, but, I have a question. Yeah. This is directly for you. Um, I was walking around the Beijing International Sculpture Park today, which you know. Mm-hmm. I was actually really surprised to find like 20 different groups and like 10 plus of elderly people doing different kinds of exercises. Right. There was three different groups in different places in the park with swords, ladies, with <laughs> music and swords. And you're like, don't be make... nice to them. Exactly. Don't be mean to grandma. <laughs> Chinese grandma's got some skills. Okay. I know. But I was thinking about you and I was actually in the park. I was thinking about Bebe. Bebe's mm. way out there in Six Ring North. Right. Do Are there like morning elderly exercises that far, like away from the city center? Well, there's the lady who works out in like in front of my apartment in the morning and she has the same music mm. every day and she barely moves. <laughs> <laughs> the exercise she does, literally she'll mm. like stand there and just waver a little. <laughs> but I know that she's uh, soaking up the sun and also just moving a little bit. Mm. But large groups, not where I live because I'm so remote, mm. but any, I think any park that you go to in Beijing, yeah. they will usually have groups. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, Tai Chi groups. I and- saw that in Wuhan too and in mm. Yantai. So I think this is a really interesting thing that someone should or maybe already has do research on mm. because in America you the elderly people maybe they play shuffleboard and like that's pretty much it or go for a walk. What's shuffleboard? Big game on the ground where you push things around. It's kind of like huh. that uh, that Olympic sport that everyone makes fun of but it's there, there's no ice. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, okay, in it. China mm. I noticed that every group of elderly folks in every city like there's a community of elderly folks exercising in the morning and sometimes at night. Right. And they do some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, there's swords, there's Tai Chi, there's all kinds of dancing and, and that dragon flag that they flail around. And, and also uh, the parallel poles. Parallel poles. You know how they swing around? Them, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you mean the equipment. Like, yeah. yeah the like exercise ping- equipment that's installed into the park. Yeah, some yeah, are yeah, yeah. like... And ping pong. And ping pong, that's true. Yeah. There's so much. And so I, I, I'm wondering, like, is one of the reasons now Chinese people are outliving their American counterparts, is it because, like, grandpa and grandma are exercising every day? I guess that's part of it. I'm not too sure. I imagine maybe look at China and go, like, wow, we could do this back home. Mm. But trying to copy what China's doing with its elderly people, which is autonomous, mm. and bringing it back and tra- trying to transplant it into America would be like maybe a community undertaking. Yeah, because it takes people. <laughs> like, I think it's harder to gather that many people people uh in the states maybe okay maybe because there's just no uh such habit if someone really innovative stole this idea from china and then tried to implement it in like philadelphia mm. well great you would have like one or two or three parks where people were doing it in philadelphia mm. and to make the news or something but you wouldn't be able to get like people in san francisco and like baltimore and you know all these other cities to do it also so what's really fascinating to me is that it's ubiquitous mm. in chinese culture mm. any Chinese city you go to everywhere they're doing this this part right. of like an entire history of older people exercising in their later years and I think it's fascinating it's a lifestyle yeah. and also it's not just exercising but you find out 
family groups singing like mm. Chinese opera, yeah, yeah, yeah. which can be damaging to your ears <laughs> if they're not very good. And also, you know, they playing different mm. instruments. I think this is a cultural yeah. thing. First of all, people like to get together. Mm. Okay, they're not uh, all on their own, mm. you know, alone. They want to be with other people. They want to be socially connected. Mm. So that's, I think maybe that's the most important thing. Because if you have that mentality, you're going to organize things. You're going to seek people out. Mm. And then, you know, whether it's exercising or musical performance, that's your own choice. But I think maybe that part is not as uh, strong back in the States where people, I'm guessing, they enjoy being by themselves and staying home instead of, you know, communicating with strangers. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that's the cultural thing. But anyhow, back to your stats. Baby, like you say you cooked more, but I mean, you didn't change your mm. perspective on finances. Were there any changes that your husband made or that you and your family or your friends made, relatives made that you saw where someone said, you know, I always wanted to read that book. And for you, obviously, you would just read mm. the book. But like maybe your friend right. was like, they actually read the book, too. <laughs> Yeah, well, for my husband, he hasn't gone to the desert for like over a year mm. now. Um, so tra less, yeah, traveling. less traveling. He likes he likes to travel. I started a blog. Um, I started nice. I started blogging yeah. every day all the time. Oh, I started a book yeah, yeah, club. Yeah, you started a book club. Yay. I started my own website. I started studying Chinese. I started exercising more. Wow. I, I started mm. looking at the fact that I was overweight and started. I handled a little bit. I still have ways to go on that one. Mm. But I did actually lose some weight. It started at that time. I started vlogging. I started making YouTube videos. My wife took You're up. Busy. Did, it was just because I was like bored at home. <laughs> right. I've always wanted to write a book. Well, guess what? I, I wrote a book mm. because I was wow. like. What is it? Can you tell us where to get it? Uh, you can get it on Amazon.com. Actually, I forgot the title. What? No <laughs> I'm working. Way. I'm working. I'm working. I'm literally working. That is yeah. the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm working on a new book and all my mind is focused on that now because. Okay. What's the name of the, your new book so we can look out for I it? I didn't title it. It's going to be about the Belt and Road Initiative. <gasps> I, I'm really interested wow. in the Belt and Road and I've been researching one project mm, at a time. Mm, mm. Most recently, I was looking at the Karuma Dam in Uganda. Mm. Okay. It's called China in Real Life expat insights into the middle kingdom. Mm. I published it last year mm. and I wrote most of it during the pandemic. Wow. And it was just like about like, you know, what's China like? Because I remember being in America mm. and I was about to move to China. So I went, I was in my mom's hometown to say goodbye. Mm. And I went to the local library for the day mm. and I went in and I didn't know anything about China basically. Wow. And so I took a huge stack of books, 10 books tall that were like, like what is China like? And I started reading and most of them sucked. What? So <laughs> they were not informative in the way that I wanted information. Maybe for someone else with a different learning style, maybe they were mm. what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, I wrote a book about what is actually what is life like? Mm. You know, so what should you expect if you're coming to China? What are people like? What is, you know, culture like? How do people look at numbers? Or mm. What do certain colors represent? Mm. So I wrote all of that down in the book and published it. Nice. I'm not really happy because that's just a culture book. I've always really wanted to write like serious books. Mm. So now I'm researching like different initiatives that China has taken around the world where they're building dams and things like anyways mm. the point is during the pandemic i used that opportunity to reevaluate my goals mm -hmm. and actually start moving towards those goals instead of just letting each day pass well do you think that's age related too mm. like but if i suppose if the pandemic didn't happen and we didn't mm. we weren't quote unquote sort of forced to stay quiet and mm. start being reflective maybe life 
would just go on as, you know, status quo. Because, yeah. you know, there's a, like this momentum of things going forward. Yeah. But now we have a little time to sit down and be quiet, yeah. right? Find some stillness inside. Mm-hmm. And then, and also we're at the age, I mean, we are both early in our early 40s. And this is a very important time in our lives mm. um, where things, you know, you're, you're literally stepping into a new stage of your life, like mm. the mid age. Mm-hmm. And especially for me with uh, with a kid mm-hmm. and almost on a daily basis, you have to think about, you know, how what are your priorities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how what you should do to make sure that those are fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get into kind of a habit to think about that. And it, it's it, it becomes more natural. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your book club today? Book club? Yes, of course. I, I started. Well, I've always wanted to have one. Mm-hmm. Like I just it's simple. It's just read together. And, um, you know, I have I found a lot of books that I think have helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite is actually about uh, Belt and Road. Mm-hmm. And, and we shared that one. We read it together, the important parts mm-hmm. and also um, books on about getting to know ourselves, like mm-hmm. inner reflective mm-hmm. um, books that will lead us to look inward rather than uh, just outward mm-hmm. and things like that. So um, finally, after my daughter uh, started um, elementary school, so she's like, you know, not here during the day. Mm-hmm. Ha, 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 <laughs> yay. <laughs> and finally, I have some quiet time to um, because it's a live show. What, what like platform can we find you on baby um it's on wechat it's like within wechat mm. Xiaoletong within wechat i guess uh, people outside china can also download it and it's bilingual mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, so yeah my, my brother has yeah, wechat and he's in the yeah, states it's, uh, yeah I, I think it's nice to use so that's something that i started but it's mm-hmm. more because my daughter went to school when she was in kindergarten like the time was very mm-hmm. unstable she was, you know, down with the cold mm-hmm. every few weeks and this and that. So that's something. So I'm not too sure if it's if it's pandemic related. Uh, it's more like um, it's about time mm. that I finally had time to do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Quote another article. Mm. This is called People All Over the World Are Completely Reinventing Themselves. Are You Next? Mm. It was published September 6, 2022 on Yahoo.com. It's quoted from somewhere else. Mm. But it says in it calls the pandemic spawned a collective reevaluation of goals, lifestyles and values called the Great Reimagination. And it said, according to data ex- taken by Good Housekeeping, up from 2,600 people, 84% say they're taking stock of their lives and making changes. Mm. So a lot of that has, Mm. and it goes on to talk about people, and Americans are familiar with this, people from the city moving to the country because they always wanted to, Mm. people from the country moving to the city because they always wanted to. (laughs) Yeah, people changing their job all of a sudden, and everyone knows about that. That is, the American landscape for jobs is completely upside down. Everyone is like, I always wanted to do that, so now they're going for Mm. it. Other people are like, I really never wanted to do this, and so it's Mm. a shake-up. It's like Etch-A-Sketch. You ever have an etch-a-sketch what is that it's a it has a red outline and it's gray in the middle children use these two white knobs to draw a picture i'm not too sure oh it's it's an american toy but basically when you shake it the picture inside disappears and you can rewrite what's going on inside basically we're living through like the etch-a-sketch times where Mm -hmm. everyone is like i want to draw a new picture of who i am in this world Mm -hmm. and the pandemic
pandemic gave them the opportunity to, I guess, the quietness, the stillness mm. to start reflecting. Mm. I guess in China, I mean, the pandemic has had a more like a psychological influence. We know it's going on, mm -hmm. but on a daily basis, it really hasn't influenced us too much. And I think I really appreciate the fact that for the past few years, I have not had to worry about it every day. You know, when there are, mm -hmm. when there are no mm -hmm. cases, there are no cases. We know that there are no cases. <laughs> and when there are cases, they will tell you right where to stay away from. So it's mm -hmm. it's been really, really easy. And then life just pretty much go on as usual. Mm -hmm. So the changes I've experienced, there have been huge changes in my, in my life mm -hmm. in the past two years. Mm -hmm. But I think they're more age related, mm -hmm. just like I'm older and wiser. I've been reading the right books for this stage mm -hmm. and uh, which, uh, you know, led to personal growth. Yeah. But not so much um, like wouldn't attribute them to mm -hmm. pandemic. But I, I don't actually think people are thinking about the pandemic as the reason that they're making changes. But the reason that they're making changes is the effect that mm. staying home has had on a lot of That's folks' true. lives. Like it says in the article, more than one third of married people expressed interest in getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can imagine that that some people I want to tell some personal stories. That's a oh. way to go, because <laughs> I, some people probably felt that way because they, now they really have to deal with the fact that who is this other person? Because they're spending all their time. Right. My wife, mm -hmm. she told me during and after the pandemic for months mm. afterwards that that was the best time of our marriage. Oh. She was so because I was always going to work and I worked a very mm. unusual hours that I had to leave in the late morning and be at work at by I think mm. 12 or so most days and I wouldn't come home until 9 oh. or 10. And so basically we just had the weekends together. Mm. And so once I was just trapped at home all the time, she was mm. elated that she's like, okay, here's this person that I married and they're actually here finally. <laughs> and so and she, you wash the dishes, I bet. I, you know, you clean. we share the responsibilities. Mm. We have some kind of chores that I take care of and some that she kind of take care of, mm. but we both kind of do everything too when it needs Great. to be done. Okay. So yeah, I do my share of responsibilities. Is she still home. happy? But we're also, <laughs> we're not like your husband. Mm. We don't over clean. We clean enough and they're like, <laughs> yes, this is doable. Right. You have uh, more common ground when it comes to this. Yeah. 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 I think the, the table next to my bed hasn't been dusted since I moved in here three months ago. Oh, okay. It's actually, it's got a, you could draw on it right now. It, it's a natural <laughs> cultural ground. Hey, speaking of which, well, this might be digressing, mm, but there is still a mosquito in my bathroom. <laughs> From oh, the summer. <laughs> really? It lived that long? Yeah. Anyhow. It must be eating something. So one of you has been giving blood. I don't think so. It's. I think it's past its prime. I know you're a Buddhist, so I imagine you can't kill it, right? Well, I didn't want to. I don't have a certificate for being, you know, for studying Buddhism mm. uh, or anything. But why Why do harm? It's so agitating to scratch something for 10 minutes. I know. But, you know, being smacked and like flattened until you burst. <laughs> it's, a, it's another level of torture uh, for the mosquito. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. For friendships, 25% of respondents found their friendships grew stronger mm. and 21% said friends grew apart. Yeah, I can understand that because you don't see each other as much. Mm. Um, like I maybe in the whole year, I saw my co-workers twice or three times, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, at a, a dinner and then another gathering, maybe later this year. But in the past, I will go a few more times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But that's, um, um, I mean, we're also older and more engaged in family responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. it's also just a natural, you know, natural stage of our lives. You know, I agree with you. And actually, now that we're looking at it from this vantage, mm-hmm. I see what you're saying earlier, where you were talking about the age affecting your decision to open the book club and, you know, your right. daughter. Because my friends, we didn't grow apart because of the time. We did grow, a lot of my friends and I grew did grow apart recently. But it was largely because, yeah, we hit a certain age where we no longer... Mm. wanted to participate in the same kinds of activities. Some of my friends really like to drink a lot Mm. and I stopped drinking and I was just like, I guess it's time for me to move on from this set of friends. Jason visiting 30 Buddhist temples a day, (laughs) not on purpose, but um, it would be hard to strike up a conversation with friends who are still drinking a lot. Mm. So, Mm. I mean, I'm okay with it. Things change, right? Yeah, absolutely. Life is transient in a lot of ways. The impermanence of everything. But I think, you know, for some of us, like a lot of us have always wanted to do something. Mm. I think a lot of Americans want to write a script for a Hollywood movie. I'm just huh. throwing this cliche out there. I don't have any data for this one. Mm. I'm just assuming because there are a lot of people sitting in Starbucks with a laptop. And if you ask them, the cliche answer that you'll hear is, oh, I'm working on a script for mm. a Hollywood movie. Wow. And so like, I think maybe there's probably more scripts in Hollywood now than ever before. Because so many <laughs> people have been have had time to write. Exactly. Now, in this uh, In this article, uh, our survey reveals big and small changes readers have made in the last two years by good housekeeping. Yeah, yeah. It says, mm-hmm. at least people in the U.S., um, the society got a rare chance to step back, take stock of our priorities, mm-hmm. and make tough decisions into a post-pandemic world. And I think, mm-hmm. as we were talking about earlier, if nothing had happened, like life was just as usual in most ways, mm-hmm. people tend to be carried forward by their momentum. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. today is just pretty much like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And when something as uh, dramatic as the pandemic hits, mm-hmm. you know, it, you can also look at it as a rare opportunity mm-hmm. to really stop and step back. Because I remember the pace in the U.S., mm-hmm. at least for the years that I lived there, I felt like the pace was very fast. Mm. Actually, now thinking back, I think it was too fast to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. After living there for years, I felt like I had this habit of always wanting to do something, mm. um, always wanted to be productive. Yeah. Like I have to have things to show for the time that passed. And which is, you know, in a way it's good, especially for... You mean vis-a-vis work or work and something else? Um, Just work, you know, being productive mm-hmm. makes you feel like life hasn't gone by for nothing. Mm-hmm. You have something to show for the time that went by. And that mentality always, I was, I feel like I was driven by that mentality. Mm. And it was hard for me to truly calm down and to truly rest. I felt like even when I was asleep, I was thinking about things to do, you know, thinking about things I want to accomplish, things I want to get done. So after get to a certain point became disruptive. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I could hardly stay healthy and mm-hmm. sane mm-hmm. going forward this way. You know, I was getting older. So now as I stepped into my 40s, I felt like it's really time to just slow down a bit. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was aware of the fact that I got to be like that because the years I spent in the States, you know, the high pressure, working and studying under the high pressure. Mm. And everybody was uh, around me was working hard. Imagine Mm -hmm. like on Wall Street, right? You can never do enough. So it takes a a bit of time to unwind, to truly learn to calm down and to declutter and first starting with decluttering your mind Mm. and which is which is not easy. You know, that's why I think during the pandemic, more people started exploring, let's say, meditation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 15% started and stuck with meditating. Oh, that's good. 
I, I think that's good when you have that time to uh, at least declutter uh, on a inner level. And I think you'll see, start to see the world a little differently. Mm. And it's good to know your priorities or else life is really just a mess. You always feel like you are showered with tasks, <laughs> right? There are all kinds of things to do. But if you learn to prioritize, you can actually just do one thing at a time. Mm. While you're doing something, your mind is not occupied by all the hundreds of other things that you have to do. Yeah. And that's just a so much better way to live. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Actually, I want to talk about that a little bit because it, this is kind of on the same wavelength of what you're talking about and the topic today. Mm. I actually learned a little bit about meditation. I don't actually meditate in the same way as you maybe, mm. but I, one thing I did learn is in order to declutter your life, mm. make a list of like, you know, the, you, because everyone has a list and they don't usually write lists, write the list of all 50 60, 70 things that you've always been meaning to do or that need to be done, including like clean the house, everything. Hmm. Make a list of that. Take the easiest things and put them at the top of the list and sort down to the, so, you know, write mm. your book and lose uh, 50 pounds should be at the bottom. Mm. And then at the top should be like, take out the trash. <laughs> so like what you do is, and I did this during the pandemic, start at the top of the list and go down. And so end up with after a month, if you mm. keep doing this really rigorously for mm. a little while, is you end up with only five or six things left and they're the priorities huh. and everything else that you ever needed to do including like file your taxes mm. it's out of the way mm. so you don't have to think about filing your taxes or the fact that you know you need to clean that area behind your bed where all the stuff is or the <laughs> whatever it is it's just not there anymore and now you can really focus in on those that short one hand of fingers list of things that you mm. really really want to wow. do wow so 50 items do you have a list like stuck on your fridge or something it's visible actually i keep a list mm. on on my phone, you know, in WeChat, for those of people who mm. don't have WeChat, you can befriend yourself. Oh, what? Befriend yourself? You can be friends with yourself. Oh. So then you you appear as one of the friends on your WeChat. And so when you do that, when you write to yourself, it becomes like a... Reminder. Reminders, a notepad oh. that you have right, right. inside your WeChat. And so I use my WeChat like, you know, every person in China all the time, like mm. 20, 20, 50 times a day. Mm -hmm. And so I actually put the things I need to do into my WeChat. And then when I finish them, mm. I delete them from my WeChat so that my list is constantly growing a little and shrinking a little, oh, growing a little okay. and shrinking a little. You have your ways <laughs> of organizing. At me, on the other hand, I've learned to unload a bit. Um, as I mentioned, I used to like have so so much that I wanted to do, mm -hmm. and now after, especially from you know past after things I read in the past uh, a year or two, I've learned to focus more mm. on the now, you know, the moment in front of me, mm. instead of carrying mm -hmm. so many thoughts in my mind. You know, I make maybe it takes a few seconds to decide what's my pri priority for the day, like what are the things I have to do, mm. and then what are things you know I prefer to do if I have some free time, mm. and then I do that. So I don't really keep a list and I try to have like as little. You love paper so much. You would be a list person for sure, baby. Not really, because I think unless it's something I have to do, mm. like if I have to mail a package mm. or if I have to like respond to somebody's um, email, I maybe and I tend to forget, mm. I'll write that down. Otherwise, uh, I try not to think about too many. If I, I know there's something I need to do, I do it and then I forget about it. Mm -hmm. You know how easily I forget. <laughs> 
anyhow. Well, actually, I'm, I'm not entirely sure about that. Mm. But, you know, so millions of people have been retooling their skill sets and rethought their lives and their outlooks at the same time. And I think that the implication, actually, for society, mm. maybe a last kind of big touchstone, is that maybe there are a lot happier people. It's almost impossible to tabulate what is happiness and how to, like, mm. account for it. Even people self saying I'm happy because maybe that different time in the same day, they're not actually happy. Mm. But like, and I know that you think the word happy is a special word and you prefer the word contentment. Mm. But I think for the idea that people in the world where they have changed careers or they've done that thing that they've always wanted to do, or they cleaned out the garage or whatever it is, mm. like maybe people actually might be more well adjusted in a little way because they did that mm. thing that they, or a lot of them started on the right path or they found the right job. They left finance for someone else. I'm not talking about you. Right. They left finance and they okay. fi found another job that was more suited to them. Mm. Maybe they left a, a blue collar job and went back to school and now they're on their way to like a white collar mm. job or whatever it is. Maybe they're a white collar job and they're, they, they're like, yes, I always wanted to be a mechanic and now they have a blue collar. Mm. Whatever it is, the reshuffling, maybe it created a happier society because people are actually maybe some a lot of people at least some millions of people have found themselves where they thought they were supposed to be and maybe they're happier there well, that's a good thing yeah yeah right yeah. sometimes we need a gap like a forced uh stop to look inward a little bit more mm. and and if everything was just the same everybody's you know thoughts were in the stock market how high and how low and you're on this uh rat race all the time now it's like everybody's stuck <laughs> right and calm down and maybe see which uh where you, exactly you want to go and i did think of um something that uh changed mm. <laughs> um and i think it's pandemic related mm -hmm. and uh, it's that at the very start of the pandemic it's like totally out of the blue that i thought mm -hmm. of this my daughter mm. so she was what like five and at the very start of the pandemic mm. and she was still sucking on her thumb uh -huh. yeah so she had been doing that for like what five years right mm. at that time and we tried literally hundreds of ways mm -hmm. to stop that we've bought like medicine as bitter as they could come <laughs> we've bought we've bought like all, all kinds of oil to put on it we've even got like this one thumb glove what a thumb no you... please tell us about the thumb glove <laughs> it's made for this purpose it's made so that kids can break this habit and it's a glove that only has that covers the thumb oh so they can't get their mouth around right it, it, it won't feel good right because it's like cloth but finally right after the pandemic while we were still living at her aunt's place we explained the whole thing to her it's like this is there is a this virus going on we don't know where it is uh, it might be everywhere or maybe it's not here mm. but it's really time that you stop sucking on your thumb mm. <laughs> or you know there will be consequences and finally finally it took her a few days um and then she just no longer uh, sucked on her thumb anymore and when i interviewed her later on because it took us a few days to notice that hey she she really did stop this time i was like how, how did you do it mm. right how did mm. you accomplish mm. this she's like oh well i found out it doesn't really taste that good <laughs> anymore <laughs> anyhow we were really happy so that was one thing mm. that was like a milestone <laughs> for her life. Going off point here, I wanted to share a story with you that I learned because oh. I, I took four semesters, two years of German. Mm. When they're teaching you German, they teach you about the German culture and everything too. And one of the things I learned is there's a children's book that translates as oh, thumb cutter. Oh, oh. And it's a story about a monster oh, no. and a man, a man with a giant pair of scissors okay. and children who cut, suck on their thumbs, he'll pop into their room at night oh. 
and chop their thumbs off. Okay. <laughs> so German people, not now, I don't know, maybe they do now, but historically, you know, a century ago, would actually tell their kids, some Germans anyway, this story of the thumb cutter. I, I don't think <laughs> I scare would. them into not sucking on their thumbs. Maybe that will be one of the ways I would do this. I think it will leave some worse scars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think it might too. Oh, goodness. I just thought it was an interesting, like... So that's one accomplishment. So your daughter okay. made an accomplishment during the pandemic. Exactly. <laughs> and great. also, remember the first, I remember the first few weeks when we were uh, staying at home mm. uh, in the apartment because we just didn't know. There was like nobody outside. Mm. <laughs> Everybody was scared. We started recording uh, a book together. Mm. So that was one thing. Um, it took us a while, um, way into the year, but we recorded um, like a whole, like Charlotte's Web. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we can share it, uh, share them with so friends. You- you read you you and your daughter read the story together and you made like a video of it. Uh, no, just audio. Oh, OK. So cool. we were basically just like, you know, family memory. Um, mm. I was reading this with my daughter. She would respond at times. And so it was fun. It was something that I had always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we just do it now? So right? your daughter already gets the summer vacations like two or three months every year, right? Uh, yes. Two, so about two, for me yeah. to try to say yeah. you and your daughter may have grown closer because the pandemic, that's not true because every summer you spend more time with your daughter. Are you kidding me? Every day I spend my time with her. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been together like well, since she, mm. before she was born. Dive into the sports world with Sideline Story, our weekly podcast that brings you the most up-to-date game analysis and news from the latest sports action. We didn't trouble the London side at all, but could argue they should have had a penalty. It's really difficult for a player at age of 39 to compete. I don't know what it is about Nadal, but when I see him play, I can feel his personality whether you are a die-hard supporter or an armchair fan, hop on and enjoy the ride. Subscribe to Sideline Story on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you live from Beijing. From Beijing. Round table. Round table. Round table. Connecting China and the world. We bring you fun and timely discussions about what's affecting our lives everywhere, every day. Tune in to Round Table, where the East meets the West, and understanding is the goal. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour brings you an hour of comprehensive news and information from both China, China, and the rest of the world. Rest of the world. A mix of news, sports, and entertainment. In-depth analysis of the day's big stories, as well as the most comprehensive business of the day. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. Your very own window to China and the rest of the world. So learning Chinese, the most difficult thing. So I'm sort of tone deaf. I can't really hear them. I think the cultural mindset is the biggest complication for the grammar. Take away Chinese, where you can take some Chinese away and experience progress day by day. You're listening to The Bridge.
I'm also thinking about divorce again. Oh, not, like, not for not you. Not for but... me. But I'm thinking like a lot of marriages maybe that shouldn't have been, maybe they also recti- got rectified. People are like, yeah, mm. this person's not for me. Well, but then, you know, it's hard to say because marriages are hard. Mm. Yeah, marriage um, is To start hard, with yeah. for, yeah, if people have been suffering mm. uh, because they've been staying together a mm. lot uh, during the pandemic, it's, it's not just you. Mm. I mean, even on normal days without mm. pandemic, without like economic recession, or this and that it's not easy and that's for people all around the world mm. so even just knowing that helps it's not just you right people have to work hard and they, they have to grow spiritually uh, yeah. themselves to be able to become better partners yeah and then that's how you fix your relationships to become better partners, yeah. which makes it a great time to start, you know, self-reflection, mm-hmm. adopt the habit of uh, finding your own faults first, how to grow. Well, actually, I also think that you point out a really good point it's about self-reflection. Maybe this forced a lot of people to do self-reflection, mm. but just like you do all the time with your meditation, I think the takeaway from this entire discussion is really that people should take their own time to self-reflect and, hey, am I getting where I want to go? Am I a accomplishing the task that I, you know, so mm. reevaluating is something that we shouldn't be forced to do. It's something that we should all take time right. to do. And also, I think um, in the near future, it will be a period of time for the Chinese people to make adjustments. As we mentioned um, in the very beginning, mm-hmm. policies mm-hmm. are changing. Yeah. Right? We've had uh, three years of rather stable time. Mm. And by stable, especially for me, because I didn't have to you know, travel as mm-hmm. much. I, w- I will probably start have to, you know, have to start traveling again next year. <laughs> the desert's uh, beautiful, baby. Maybe, but a relative visiting relatives is a must. Right, going back to to grandpa's. Oh yeah, I'm really excited to see my my wife's parents. Honestly, we'll go to Yantai mm. and like hang out, do the Chinese New Year thing. I'm I'm happy that we're going to be able to do right. It. I'm like this uh, Chinese New Year will be very different from the past two or three Chinese New Years. Mm. I mean, a good and bad, right? People will be traveling more, international and domestic, but at the same time, there's much higher risk of uh, people getting sick. Mm. Um, but from what I heard, it's usually pretty mild. Mm. And mm. actually, in three years i finally find mm. someone i i know and i don't even know really know this person she's in my wechat book club oh, I see. I've, we've never met i don't even know her real name but i finally know someone who oh, is yeah. who tested positive so it took three years for i to for me to know someone who lives in china who got yeah this. actually i in, um, i was gonna say oh yeah i, I think every mm. member of my family in the united states got it at some point oh. but you're right i don't know anyone in china who's had it yet. yeah but now we feel like it might be it's encroaching <laughs> closer and closer upon us Mm. as i mentioned it is weaker now like the Mm. person in my book club she says she had a fever and her daughter they had a fever for a day and then the second day was gone and she's you know just a little cough but they're young i mean they're like in their 30s the couple is in their 30s the kid is young so it's not as bad as she Mm. thought and that will be happening a lot more but i think we can deal with Mm. it yeah that is all the time we have today baby always a great privilege talking with you thank you our listeners we'll see you next time Bye bye. Bye.